You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. So one of our own is preaching today. I've never heard her preach, but Mark got super excited when he found out that she was preaching. He was like, yes, this is going to be so good. So high expectations, no pressure, but please welcome Leanne. I'm going to give her the mic, but first, I just want to add a little prayer. (laughs) God, we just pray that you just anoint Leanne's hands, her feet, her lips as she preaches to us, God. And God, we just pray that you use her mouth to just bring us your word, Lord. Just speak through her. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Do you know what? A couple of weeks ago, I was people watching, and it was extreme people watching. Let me tell you what I saw. I saw Captain America. I saw Spider-Man, Superman. What other man is there? Batman. How could I forget Batman? I saw saw Wonder Woman. I saw Stormtroopers, you know, from the Star Wars series. I saw Woody and Jesse from Toy Story. I saw princesses. I saw Belle. Now, I don't know if she was from Beauty and the Beast or from our Mother's Day sermon that was preached right here. But I saw so many characters. I saw characters that looked like they were practicing for Halloween. So some of them were a bit spooky. And the good news, I should maybe tell you right now, I was not dreaming and I was not hallucinating. I just saw this great variety of characters. I was sitting in a cafe... And the road I was overlooking happened to be between a train station and Darling Harbour in Sydney. And I found out later that Darling Harbour was hosting a Comic-Con event. So all these characters were dressed up. I've never had such good people watching. Honestly, it took my eyes off my breakfast. It was something to behold. What stirred in my heart with this amazing variety of people was that God loves every one of them. Whether they were dressed scary, whether they were dressed beautiful, God loved every single one of them. Not loved, loves every single one of them. And it stirred in my heart, first scripture please, Jesse. For God so loved the world... We're talking all people groups. No one is excluded. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world that the world would be condemned or judged but that the world through him might be saved John 3, 16 and 17. High five your neighbour because God is great. Well done, well done. Now, you're going to be very excited to hear I've received this salvation truth personally. Now, given you're in church and I'm on the microphone, that's got to make you happy. I understand in my head and my heart this is such good news. I don't doubt it. I receive it, I believe it. God's salvation plan is so simple and yet so enormous. A love that sacrificial 
For God so loved the world. A love that all-encompassing. But just every now and then, I behave or I react in a way and it occurs to me it doesn't line up with that understanding of his all-encompassing love. Now, I can do that to myself, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy, and sometimes towards other people. So my plan this morning is to share some personal experiences when my thoughts and my behaviour haven't lined up with his all-encompassing love. We're going to look at what's wrong to highlight what's right. That's what we're going to do this morning. Can you agree with me that our behaviour is largely dictated by what we think or what we believe? What's going on inside us impacts how we react or how we behave towards others. And I find that if God is addressing my behaviour, he starts in what what I'm thinking about. What is it that I believe that's made me behave that way? So here's an extreme example. You say... Hi, Leanne. What would, you, what would you think I might do back? Hi? How are you? Okay, here's my extreme example. You say, hi, Leanne, and I slap you silly. Now, that's because when you said hello, Leanne, in my head I thought, you've got a knife and you're going to stab me. So I behaved according to what I was thinking. Okay, extreme example. So anytime God challenges my thinking and my belief, my behaviour is likely to change for the greater good of all. And at least today, I can tell you, please say hello to me afterwards, no slapping today. Today, okay, I'll just put a little time frame on that. Hopefully, you're going to relate to some of my examples as we go through this morning. And I'm calling this morning jigsaws. So I've brought in um, a jigsaw puzzle of my grandson's. It's the smallest one I could find. It only has 12 pieces, so it won't be too difficult. And a bit later, a bit later, I will be looking for two volunteers. So start thinking about whether that's you. I will be looking for two volunteers to come up and, and put together this jigsaw puzzle. Now, a jigsaw puzzle requires one to reassemble a picture from irregularly shaped and interlocking pieces. That's what a jigsaw puzzle is all about. What might a jigsaw puzzle have to do with his all-encompassing love? We will see. But first, I'm just going to start with some of these bad examples. As I say, we're going to look at what's wrong so that I can highlight what's right. And my first example, I've got to tell you, for me personally, it's the most embarrassing, so it's coming up first because I just want to get it out the way. And I find behaviours or thinking when God has spoken to me, these are examples that like never leave me. So although they're embarrassing, I don't think I'm ever going to forget This particular example happened when we were early married, in our early marriage years, and it still convicts me, as I say, just to do with his all-encompassing love. So I would be grocery shopping, 
early marriage, you've got to feed your husband. I would be grocery shopping and there was a particularly snippy supervisor in the supermarket. She was always grumpy and she was always mean when she talked to the checkout staff. So I would compassionately relate with the checkout staff as they processed my groceries. How horrid it is to be talked to like that. Well, after the snippy supervisor left, never to be seen again, I learned that she had two little girls, twins. She had twin young girls. And one of them was dying and wasn't expected to live much longer. And my heart towards her backflipped. Now, personal stresses are no excuse to treat others poorly. But it convicted me not to be so quick to think I have the whole story and I'm qualified to pass opinion. I was commiserating with those on the receiving end of her rough tongue who probably knew what she was dealing with and thought I was a twit because I should just mind my own business. How much more helpful it could have been if I had just smiled at her instead of matching her scowl at every opportunity. Now, there was an A-frame sign out the front of one of the cafes in Victor just in the last couple of weeks, and it said this. Life is short. Smile while you still have teeth. (laughs) Smile at your neighbour. You don't know how long this moment will last. Smile at your other neighbour. We don't always know what's going on behind the facade of someone's face, whether they're scowling, whether they're smiling. Lessons learned. Is it coming? Brilliant. There's more to all of us than meets the eye. So be gentle with one another. His love is all-encompassing. It was probably around this same time that the Lord gave me an illustration. And I'll exp- in the next one, please, Jesse. I'll explain it for those... That's, it's meant to be that difficult to see. <clears throat> I'll explain it for those without the visual. We can agree it is small in the scope of the whole page, which shows no other detail. I'm a bit closer, so I can tell you it is brown. And it actually has a rough texture. But it's unidentifiable, yeah? Small, brown, rough, unidentifiable. I'll just show you the absolute, the original. Here it is. Here it is. Now, if Jesse goes to the next slide, when that piece of paper is removed, it's part of a tree. Can we go back and forward a bit, Jesse? Little bit. Tree. Little bit tree. Oh, look at him go. Look at him go. Now you see, sometimes I've felt small, brown, rough, unidentifiable. I guess as a person, sometimes we can feel invisible. And sometimes I've felt that way. Sometimes I've treated other people like that. I've treated them like they're small 
brown, rough, invisible. And both of these are foolishness. We can see that it is a full tree and that brown shape was an integral part of the bark. There's masses of green foliage. It is a wonderful looking tree and it just so happens to be called the tree of life. I think it was a National Geographic or something I got the page from. No matter how convinced we are that we have the full picture or all the facts, we only see in part. We need his wisdom to see completely. And seeking him is so much more valuable than being the fool who thinks they have all the answers. Even with a full picture, what are you focusing on? Even with this picture in all its natural beauty, you could find yourself still fixated on that small brown rough shape. There was an example I saw on Facebook. We were talking about that pre-service. You've got to believe everything you hear on Facebook. So I saw this story on Facebook and it talked about a teacher who gave her class an unexpected exam. Now that would have me in a cold sweat straight away. The instruction to start now was given and everybody turned over their exam papers and all that was on the paper was a black dot in the middle of the page. As every student lifted their puzzled faces to look at the teacher, she said, write about what you see. Every student wrote about the black dot. No one wrote about the majority of the paper being pristine and unmarked. What do you see? Do you see the bark or the tree? What would you have written about? Would you have written about the dot on the page? Or would you have written about the potential that was there on the rest of the page? God's all-encompassing love sees both the whole picture and details that are so small, they're invisible to our naked eye. He sees it all. Lessons learned. Ready, Mr. Jesse? God sees value in you. He sees potential in you. I like this the best. He sees those who may never respond to his love, but were worth the risk anyway. We love a most amazing God. Now, pictorially, I like trees. They speak to me of strength. They speak to me of shelter. They can speak of rest if a hammock has been strung behind, you know, between a couple of bra- uh, trunks. They can speak of fun if there's a tire swing hanging from a branch. I like trees. So another tree example which speaks of his all-encompassing love was revealed to me when a particular personality type was frustrating me terribly. Remember, I'm talking about what's wrong so I can highlight what's right. So this personality type that was so very annoying, you know why they were annoying? Because they were nothing like me. Now, it gets worse. I had to associate with this person who was nothing like me. And do you want to know the absolute worst, worst, worst part of this? Not only did I have to associate with them, I had to be nice to them. 
It was very hard. <laughs> yes, darling. And he is very different to me too. Ah. But to help me with this person, I believe the Lord asked me to consider the season of autumn. And autumn, certain trees lose their leaves. And it was like God asked me, how would I have done that? Glad you asked. Didn't know we were going to do, you know, earth creation point two. We're up for an update. I like it. Lord, you want to know how I would do autumn? We have the season of autumn. It lasts three months. I would choose a day. Now, I'm kind of flexible. I don't care which day it is in the three months, okay? A day, any day, I don't care. Within the three months of autumn, if I was planning it, there would be a day. Do you know what would happen on that day? All the leaves would drop. All of them in one day. Those who have to sweep the leaves would get to sweep up all the leaves. And you know what? The job would be done. How practical. How very, very practical. That's how I, you can tell I wasn't there at creation. Well, then it was like the Lord said to me, would that be as beautiful as the way he planned it? When it takes time and leaves gradually change into all those amazing colours and the leaves go dry and then they swirl and they fall and they're so much fun to crunch underfoot and who doesn't go out of their way to crunch dry autumn leaves? I actually like that autumn happens how he designed it. And this realisation helped me with the person I'd found so frustrating because I'm very sure they'd have designed autumn just like God did. Patiently, creatively, beautifully. Instead of trying to avoid that person, I began to enjoy my time with them as I considered I was with an expression of God not natural to me, but very much a reflection of him. His all-encompassing love can handle our differences and help us find them not so separating. Lesson learned. Is it coming? There we go. Receive other personality types as God-given to enrich our understanding, experiences and relationship with him. Earlier this year, we proclaimed the word grow over Bayside. We had artwork done. We had little postcards. There are still some of them around on the tables and in the back of your chairs. If you missed our whole grow series, get a a postcard, go back and listen to the messages. We proclaimed the word grow over Bayside. And it was that we would grow down. We would grow, just stay on the first slide for now, Jesse, thanks. That we would grow down, we would grow with, we would grow out, and we would grow up. So that's what the, the front of the postcard looks like. And then each of those qualities was highlighted a little bit further. Thank you. And it was that we would grow down. 
that we would grow deeper. So grow, G-R-O-W, there we had G, grounded. That we would grow down, that we would grow deeper, that we would be grounded in the love and the lordship of Christ. Because only as we are very solid and we are very grounded in the lordship of Christ are we secure. You know, last week we talked about having courage. The more secure I am in Christ, the more risks I'm actually comfortable to take. Because if I stuff up, it hasn't changed what I'm grounded in. His love for me does not change when I stuff up. My identity is secure. It's not to do with performance. Jesus has done it all. So I am secure. So it's such a really good starting place in all aspects of our life just to grow in that security, to grow and deeper, to be grounded in the love and the lordship of Christ. We also talked at that time about growing with one another, that we would be stronger in our relationships. G-R-O-W, grounded relationships, that we would relate together with heart and purpose. Together, we extend our impact. Together, we can pray for one another. We can encourage one another. We can come alongside. We achieve more and we pro- we protect each other. We grow with. The third one was that we would grow out. G-R-O-W. O was others. That we would be others-minded. And as we grow out and we grow wider, we're able to bless many others beyond our borders. We want to extend the good news of Jesus. That we would grow out blessing many others. And certainly our Bayside TV project is definitely us moving towards that. Just messages being recorded when um, different people are able to travel to minister. Everything about that is extending the kingdom and blessing others beyond our borders with what we have to offer in Jesus. And then the last one was that we would grow up. G-R-O-W. We had grounded, relational, others. W was for worshippers. It was that we would grow up that we would grow higher, that we would be mature and heavenly-minded worshippers. And I only was reminded this week, you know, the scripture says he is the lifter of our head. And I just want to encourage you, sometimes there there can be so many things going on and I honestly believe it's almost like a one-size-fits-all. Whatever your problem, or you just lift your head. Let him lift your head. Look upwards. Not on the problem. Look upwards. Let him fill your gaze. These are the areas that we wanted to grow in and we proclaimed this over Bayside this year. Now the tree idea was not my idea, but I like it, as I'm sure you can imagine. Growing with, that was our relational word, relating together with heart and purpose. Growing with That's kind of the area I struggle with the most. And I'm sure from the examples I've already shared, you're ahead of me on that one. Now, shout out to any single or like only children, because that's what I'm going to say is why I struggle in this area. 
I see my grandchildren playing and they have to negotiate and compromise. When you're an only child, you don't get to learn those skills. Not unless you, not unless you, you know, until you stuff up a bit later in life and realise now you're not liked. Then you think, oh, I've got to behave differently here. But, you know, my grandson loves trains. My granddaughter loves books. If my grandson wants my grand, you know, the granddaughter to play with him, he has to be compromising. He has to, how about we read a book first and then you can play trains with me? Sometimes that doesn't work. And he has to come up with something entirely different. Will you come outside and play with me? When he wants company, he has to compromise and negotiate. So I'm believing he's going to be much better at growing with other people than some of the struggles grandma has had. Now the great news is, it's not about navel-gazing and focusing on behaviour to change. It's about focusing on him and allowing the goodness and fullness of him to overshadow those traits that don't line up. Equally, by focusing on him, we experience that security which comes from accepting that all-encompassing love is for us personally. Yes, we're to extend it, but we can receive it personally as well, his all-encompassing love. Last tree picture. This is a quotation. It's nothing more embarrassing about me. Now, this quotation... Some say it was said by Albert Einstein, but there is discrepancy. So I can't honestly tell you who said it, except right now, guess what? Hold on to your seats. I'm saying it. Everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it's stupid. That's worth saying again. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it's stupid. Comparison is beneficial when it stirs hope and courage within us to improve. But if comparison stirs feelings of inferiority, stop it. To myself and to you, I say, Receive his all-encompassing love. Growth is important. Down, with, out, up. Receive his truth. You're not stupid. You're loved. Lessons learned. We're all made uniquely in order to be unique. Value what makes you different to someone else. You're different for a reason. Now, right about now, I'd really like those two volunteers. Have you been sitting thinking who's going to come up, please? Two people, any two people. I'm not looking, just come up now. Two people, please, to make this jigsaw puzzle. It's really not hard. As It's my grandson's. Yay, thank you, ladies. I've got um, 12 pieces there. Oh, Jesse, can we have the picture up, please, so we see what we've got? There we go, okay? So that's what you've got to make. As I said, it's my grandson's, and I did say he likes trains. We have Thomas the Tank in all his glory, pulling a giraffe. It's what Thomas does. Now, I like to see this. Do you, if you do a jigsaw, do you start with the corners? 
Do you start with the straight edges? You just start with the pieces that go together? I did a puzzle in the last month because I knew I wanted to talk about jigsaw, so I thought I'd better get into the mood into the mood. So I did a 750-piece jigsaw puzzle and there was no picture on the box. There was no clue. I've got to tell you, it's helpful when you have the picture. So I just had to like make it and I, I didn't start with the straight edges because I couldn't find enough that went together. I started kind of with the middle and it was a skyline. And do you know what the best part was about that difficult puzzle? I found that when I walked away and left it for a bit... My daughter-in-law came in and did some more. And uh, she actually did a lot more until she jubilantly told me that she had left me just seven, the seven last pieces, Mum. You just do the seven last pieces. So, Pardon? What do you mean you're done? Jesse, what's it look like with the piece missing? Oh! All right, that's not the plan. Thank you. Always practice a plan. It's my grandson's puzzle. There we go, it's my grandson's puzzle. There's a piece missing. Well, it's not um, Thomas's face, at least. We've got that. We've got the giraffe. Nevertheless, I've got to tell you, surely I'm not the only personality in this room. That's really disturbing. There's a piece missing. <laughs> we need that last piece to complete the puzzle, to complete the picture. Whether it had been a pivotal piece or whether it's what really might be quite insignificant, it's probably just got some clouds on it. It is vital to complete the picture. Listen. I was told in the week I'm a bit bossy, so... Please listen. That missing piece is not so important that it fulfills its destiny alone or separated. It fulfills its destiny and completes this picture when it takes its place. Now, I hope I haven't been too cryptic. I'll be clearer. We are like this jigsaw puzzle. We all have a place to fit and fill to complete his big picture. Every individual has abilities and spiritual gifts to share. Alone or separated from fellowship is not where we fulfill our best life which God has planned for us. Lessons learned. It's coming, Jesse. Next one. I did say to Jesse, I had so many slides I'd prompt. Um, you matter. That should make you smile. You matter. There's a position only you can fill. As a whole, we look better fitted together. Jesus addresses this very dilemma in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. I'm going to look to Luke to see what we should do next. Luke 15 and verse 4. 
Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Jesus speaks wisdom. Suppose one of you has a 12-piece puzzle example and there's a piece missing. What should he do? She do. She should find that missing piece. I honestly don't know where that missing piece is, but one of you has it. You don't have to scramble around, but if you feel under the front of your shed, someone has that missing piece. If you find it, please come forward. If there are empty chairs around you, you might need to um, have a feel along. Thank you, Carol. Feel along. That did happen, didn't it, honey? You didn't forget. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Someone no, has it's, it. Um, it's under the front of a chair, right in the middle. If right. you don't have it in your chair, it will be in the chair in front of you. Ooh, okay. No, I can't see it. Keep feeling. We've got to find... Cannot move on with an incomplete puzzle. Still looking, still looking. We're going to need more clues, honey. What about hotter and colder? Okay, we have helpers coming. Who isn't good at feeling the front of their chairs? Ladies, keep your legs together. We're going Somebody's to feel... not doing the job. We found it. Have we got it? Can you bring it forward, please? Would you please, thank you so much, complete our puzzle, fulfill the destiny of that little piece of puzzle. Oh, I just know it's happy. Yay! Thank you. Which brings me to the example I've actually been preparing us for. Our last banner on the wall, which describes the pillar of Bayside, all of our banners describe a quality that we want to be identifiable in our fellowship. And this last banner says, in a roundabout way, that we accept, we recognise and accept differences in one another which come together, and that's key. We accept and recognise differences in one another which come together to better show him in his fullness. And the picture is that of being a body of believers with Christ our head and source. Now, my jigsaw, my grandson's jigsaw, bless him, there wasn't a piece missing. I apologise for making you think that. Um, This jigsaw is made out of cardboard. God's jigsaw example is flesh and blood. He calls us a body. And I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to quote the message translation just because I want it to be like a storytelling. We're not really going to dig into words. Just receive as a story. So the message translation is just very, very conversational. But I'm going to summarise first the first 11 verses into just three statements before we continue. So the first 11 verses summarised from 1 Corinthians 12. 
Paul is speaking. He's been writing to the church in Corinth and he says, I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. I like that the Christian faith is a thinking faith. He wants us to be informed and knowledgeable. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well we can. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. And we're going to go on now from verse 12. It's lots of words. It's a big story. You can listen, please. (laughs) You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptised. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, only child, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive. I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how would it hear? If all ear, how would it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body, right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you're a part of. Now just this verse 19, the CEV version says, a body isn't really a body unless there is more than one part. It takes many parts to make a single body. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. And I said that with regards to our missing jigsaw piece puzzle. It's not important on its own. Can you imagine I telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. 
or head telling foot. You're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honour just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, I've <laughs> got to love the, um, the message translation. Nobody else says this. If you had to choose... Wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? <laughs> now, I don't know whether that means it's extra wavy and luscious or is it really full? I don't know. The imagination goes. <laughs> and it is not in any other translations. You've got to love the message. It's worth saying again. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? Yes. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. That is so good. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. One more time. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. And if one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. The Amplified, verse 27. Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it. Each part severally and distinct, each with his own place and function. Our banner states that we celebrate unity, diversity and maturity as we participate in our shared purpose to know him and to show him. Unity is not uniformity. The Encarta Dictionary explains unity as something whole or complete formed by combining or joining separate things okay my jigsaw puzzle is something whole or complete when all the pieces are there but it's been formed by combining different pieces that's what unity is we're individual pieces which all come together in our specific place and purpose to create unity in our service to and for Jesus. Diversity does not mean division or opposition. It just means there's variety. And I've talked a lot about that this morning. And we're joined together by his all-encompassing love.
Colossians 3.14. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The Greek word used for bond can also be translated as ligaments, which just fits our body picture perfectly. Now, excuse me, any medical professionals listening, but good old Google told me this. A ligament connects bones to bones, stabilises joints, and restricts unwanted movement. His all-encompassing love outworking through us is the connection or the ligaments to join us together and hold us together in stable, correctly moving unity. That's pretty good. And lastly, we have maturity, and I'll keep it simple. Maturity sees beyond ourselves. Maturity seeks out God's plan and gets in partnership with him to see on earth as it is in heaven, become our reality. Last lesson, lesson learned. Let's assume our position, wherever that may be, in his body. It's so important for us to receive, receive and extend his all-encompassing love for ourselves and for each other to know him more intimately and to show him more effectively. We're going to come together and take communion. So I actually invite you now, if you come up, get some juice and some bread, take it back to your seats, please, hold on to it, and then Alex will lead us as we share that together. So on your feet, up and at him. Thank you. Please. As we're uh, grabbing the emblems, uh, celebrating communion marks the story, the documented story of Jesus, how he gave himself completely to die on a cross in love for love, so that all those who believe and choose to receive can live in the presence of God and the provision of God both in this age and the age to come. Communion is not a ritual to observe, but a person to worship. Communion is not a ritual to observe, but a person to worship. And that person is Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. We reflect and are thankful for Christ's sacrifice at the cross and look forward to his return. The bread represents his bruised and broken body. He willingly allowed as an exchange for my divine health. The juice represents his shed blood, which he willingly allowed to be poured out for us as a full and lasting payment for my sin and my rebellion. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.